I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. In 2019, LNER launched a new train for Britain's railways, the Azuma. Starting in 2005, the government created a plan to replace the Intercity 125 and the Intercity 225 trains. The diesel Intercity 125 was first built in 1975 and the Intercity 225 dates from 1989. The government invited several different companies to bid for the contract to build their replacement. One of the bids came from a consortium called Agility Trains, which included the Japanese company Hitachi, that produced the famous bullet trains. Agility Trains developed a plan to build what was to become the Class 800 and Class 801. The train's body shells were to be created in Japan. This caused controversy as some people wished a company like Bombardier would have won the contract and kept the manufacturing process within the United Kingdom. However, Agility Trains did create a new factory in County Durham to assemble the trains. The new class of train was first debuted on the Great Western Railway and they were known as Intercity Express trains. In 2019, LNER were ready to debut the same train model onto their services under the name Azuma. The plan was to replace LNER's entire fleet with the Azuma by 2020. This meant you could take an Azuma train anywhere between London and Inverness on LNER routes. Welcome to Hitachi at Newton Aycliffe, County Durham. And it's quite significant that this factory is right next to the Stockton and Darlington Railway, which dates from 1825. So let's go and have a look at the production of the Azuma. Day one of the build starts at this point here, where the guys are actually putting all the cabling in now, ready to install uh, the, the, this unit. The, the, the cubicle is essentially, it's the brain of the train, if I can use that, that expression, okay? It controls effectively every part of the train, you know? So like I said, when the car comes to us, there's an amount of uh, pre-wiring being done. Our guys go in, they, they complete the wind, they set everything up so it's ready to install this unit, and then the installation begins at this point on day one. Let's have a look at, can we look at the wiring yeah, inside, yeah, please? Yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. Well, it looks a mess and a lot of wires and uh, probably to the untrained eye, a lot of head scratching of how on earth. But each wire is labelled and numbered yeah, anyway each, to correspond yes. to the, yeah, yeah. To the, um, the yeah. cubicle numbers, yeah. yeah. OK, 
early. We've seen the wiring being installed in the train and the guys connecting up the cubicles. What, what's the next stage of the process? Okay, so one of the stages that we're looking at the moment is we've got the underfloor equipment installation. So this is where we, we get the, the train in uh, and we actually start fitting the, uh, the water tank, for example, at the back. So we have the uh, fresh water tank, which provides all the water for, uh, for the, uh, the toilets and the, uh, the internal workings of the, of the car for uh, the catering, for example. And then we have a wastewater tank, which is then obviously from the flushes, etc., yeah. from the toilet. That's where That's it, part it, of the CUT system. That's yeah. correct, yeah. So obviously we've got the underfloor piping, which is obviously onto your brake, brake control units. So um, these obviously provide the brake systems for the, the various drive cars. In this instance, we have a drive car, so we have two BCUs on this one. Um, and then we have the, uh, the generator units and uh, also the, uh, the uh, battery boxes. So within these processes, we're taking the cubicle from where you've seen it, where it initially arrives to us in the, obviously, the estate of, uh, the, of quite a lot of wires. We're routing those and terminating them into a cubicle area, which is where the brains of the, the train is, basically. So all the information that comes into the central points, farm that information out to the relevant ex extensions of the, uh, to the underfloor, to the roof, to the rear of the train, etc. Sort of two halves of the cubicles, one's like the electrics that function the train, and the other's all the data, because compared to trains of old, there's so much data on them, yeah. isn't there, for yeah, yeah. every tiny yeah. bit yeah. of like, dwell times and seats and yeah. people on seats. There's a lot of information that's stored within the train as well, which is then used for diagnostic purposes yeah. by the depots to allow them to actually identify any issues and correct them very quickly. Do these so. trains actually send information back while they're running as they well? They do, yes. Yeah, so yeah. It's, it's like the Formula One telemetry stuff. Yes, very yeah. much so, yeah. So we have, Better than Formula One. Yeah. <laughs> we have antennas on top of the train, yeah. uh, and they obviously send the information throughout the various. Uh, so, faults, faults, running faults during the day can be identified in the depot. Your maintenance depot can make arrangements to have these problems rectified fairly quickly. That's correct. Yes. Okay. Here we're starting to see some of the internal fittings going on, and I see that the. Uh, the passenger reservation systems have been put in place, and also the grills and some of the panels on the. Walls. Yes. So, so do you want to explain a bit more to me about exactly what we're doing? Yeah, so what, what happens is, I mean, previously to this, this day, we've fitted these window panels, which obviously got the, uh, the blinds internal. So they're all fitted and gapped to the right location. We're now fitting the wainscot panels, uh, which are the, the panels which run alongside the seats. Uh, and they'll be all gapped to the same measurements as well, of the exacting uh, tolerances between them to make sure that they're, they're obviously good for the fair-paying passengers, passengers. And then we fit the complex seat reservation displays, which obviously all the range at the moment because they're, they're really good, obviously good indication to the, the customer about where what seats are free. Uh, there's a lot of complex wiring in behind that, which has to be put in place on the actual seat reservation display first, and that's done out of the car, and then these are obviously positioned on the car uh, and then assembled and, and, and put in place. Okay. So here we are in the stage where all the cubicles have been fitted, they're all wired up. So from this point in time, the vehicle is finished. Um, at the minute we've got all the protection still on and that's to ensure that no panels get damaged as the vehicle goes through to test. And what we also do is look for any um, damaged panels. So we make sure all the gapping is correct. So this is our quality, um, final quality check before we hand the vehicle over. 
Okay, so this is this is one of the driving vehicles with the, with the crew area here, and we've also got the the kitchen area in here, haven't we? Yes. Yeah, so this is the main kitchen area um, that services all the vehicles. Could you tell us a bit more about the, the process of fitting this kitchen? Um, all the units come in, and they're the rather large units. Um, so we we lift them up onto the staging, and we bring them on on um, yeah. manual lifting hand, handling boards. Uh, we then start fitting from this end of the uh, end of the uh, train, and we fit the units as you would in terms of fitting. Fit in your kitchen at home. This is where the the hobs will be. You've got the sink units. Here we've got the water tanks. There's quite a lot of complex tasks, so we've got wiring involved, we've got panelling involved, and we've got plumbing as well to, to complete on the vehicle. Okay, so we're now on roof level, and we can see the the electrical equipment with the pantograph. So, what what are we doing as regards to this stage? So um, our colleagues in test come through and what they're doing is actually doing a pan uplift test and what that does is check that the pantograph is going to operate correctly. Um, it's the, the only place you can do this test because in test they actually have the um, high, voltage, high voltage feed so they need to do it without that in position. The roof, the roof actually is a minimum amount of work. Yeah. We only do either one or two days work on the roof. Oh, okay. So it's really small compared to the other day's work. Okay, Dave, we're now in the electrical test area. Could you explain to us the processes that you go through to test the train's electrical systems? The, the car will come into one of four pitted areas that we've got in the Aspire building, which is where we carry out air leakage on the bogies and the brake systems. Then we'll set up the primary suspension for uh, the ride height for the train and check the primary suspension and that the weight balance is correct for the, each vehicle in, individually. We'll then strip all of the systems down, uh, all the PA systems, passenger counting systems, everything stripped down, all of the underfloor and shorts are put on all these aspects of the vehicle so that we can carry out what's called an insulation resistance test which will then pass 4,000 volts through the high voltage system and 1.3 kV through the 110 volt system to check for miswires, shorts to earth and flashovers to make sure that the integrity of the wiring is correct. We'll then take all of that off and then do low voltage checks with a mega to check the, the rest of the systems that we can't fit shorts onto. We'll then put all the systems back together again carry out earth resistance on all of the systems and then prepare the car for coupling on the car body ends with all the jumper cables and as you can see here we're busy doing a, an initial charge of the battery 110 system. How long does it take to actually do all these electrical tests on a single vehicle before you start to couple them up into a, a, so a train? On a single car we're looking at between two and three shifts per car to do all of those that I've just described. They're just about to do a dielectric test on car six. So when you press ascend, it goes through 11 different steps. The, the machine's just making sure that all the cables are in the right place and the seats, everything gets tested, all the sockets on the seats all gets tested as a wanna. So it only takes between five and six minutes to do each test. We're now in the commissioning area. Tell me what, uh, what processes you actually undertake at this stage? We'll take the train from single car basically as a, as a full unit, as a full train set, we'll call it. Uh, so that'll be either five car, nine car, depending on what the order is, we'll get the full set, which has already been mechanically and electrically coupled at that point. Uh, then we begin quite an in-depth 
complex set of tests um, to imagine everything that you see on a train basically working, uh, whether that's the, the brakes on the bogies, uh, the you know it, down to the lights and the, you know the the panels above the seats. It will say whether the seats reserved or not. Right down to those systems, and we'll literally test everything inside and out, back to front to make sure that it's all fully functional, ready, and fit for service. Uh, and that's basically the long and short of it. So we'll get the the systems that we can that we can get working in here. The engine commissioning, uh, working uh, of the pantographs with the overhead lines, and we've got the 25 kV up above our heads. Uh, so we'll work through all of those systems, and then we'll get like as we get outside of the test house and we get through to like the, the sharper point of it, we'll get the the internal systems working, the uh, the HVACs, things like that. And then what we'll do is once we've got the system up and running as a full train set, we've got the test track alongside the factory where we'll basically get it out there and we'll do what's called low speed running. So this is where we put the uh, the systems to the test on an actual moving train. So that's our dynamic testing part of it all. How long does this process take? Because it's obviously it's quite an intense testing period. It's quite fast. Um, I would say anything well, it's, it depends on the order some trains we get through quicker than others it depends at what point in the uh, in the process we're actually at uh, but I've seen trains get tested in uh, in like eight to ten weeks before but other times we can you know we take a little bit longer it's uh, at the forefront of our minds all with all this going on it's always it's safety first you know that's that's paramount with us at the end of the day these <laughs> they are complex machines and it's not something that we can rush through and, it, and be blase about, so whether the, the, the testing period of, of each unit is longer or shorter, you can be sure that we're, we're right down in the nitty-gritty of it and make sure that these are going out under the line 100% basically. In terms of customer acceptance, we probably get more issues around the appearance of the train than anything else. You know, it's not technical issues, it's, well, you know, are the gaps right? Do they look right? Does yeah. the train look good? Does it, you know? And ultimately, we spend a lot of time to make sure that is correct for the customer before it even leaves. The I, th facility. I think from a passenger, before it even leaves the production into tests. We, we're yeah. ensuring that the, you know, it's it's ready to go from day one. I've uh, been on trains as a passenger, and you've got the blinds rattling, and there's nothing more annoying. You're yeah. travelling at 100 mile an hour, and you've got this, yeah. this chattering of a blind yeah. all the while. So I can understand why you know you're, you're working hard to perfect it. And yeah, get it, get and it's it a right. smoother ride as well, so we don't get yeah. the chattering. So. No. <laughs> no, it is. It's a very good ride. I've, I've done a couple of trips on the Zoom, so yeah, I'm I'm I'm, I'm swayed. Yeah. <laughs>